Welcome to the We Never Knew X podcast. This is episode number 12 with Drees and Gabe here again. But we finally wrangled wrangled someone to talk to. Yeah. It's no it's no longer whipped, but... the two amigos. We finally got someone in here. We convinced them. We guilted them into it like a mother-in-law. Um, Lucas Warren, everybody. Uh, local legend and musical hero. Um, he is the future of the singer-songwriter genre. <laughs> Not true. And uh, has a very unique voice and a very rock-solid perspective. Anyways... Enjoy this long episode. I thought you were going to put that mic between you guys. Yeah. I'm going to say something first. (laughs) (laughs) This won't get edited out either. Yeah. Doesn't need to. I think I did that. I think the Lord did that on purpose. I the Lord said purpose. no third said, microphone. No three mics. Don't update your computer this morning. Cause I admit I saw the notification to update. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I'm kind of just dicking around. I should just hit that update button while I'm dicking. And I didn't do it. Updates are tough. Updates but don't always work. Here's the thing. I knew you were a little nervous coming into this. It's more like getting like getting in the car and driving over nervous, right? Yeah. Because once you're out right. of the car, they don't have any nerves anymore because you have no choice. Is that right? That's yeah. opposite. I think for I me. try and do that. My car rides smooth sailing the minute I get out. Uh! <laughs> oh, it's the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm there. Like I feel the AC. Well, no AC in here, but yeah. Oh, like no. we're we're in. Yeah. You're in the building. No, I um we did another podcast for trying to set up mics and it fucking took an hour and a half to set them up. And there were some other complications too. It ended up being just fine. But it was a great icebreaker is what I'm saying. And uh We're like a fucking pack of dogs, dude. When Ooh. we finish that little struggle up. We all fucking go walk out and pee on each other's spot. <laughs> Is that what the pack of dogs yeah. do? Yeah, and then we're Woo, coming. We made it through that. Woo! Let's yeah. go piss. Yeah, we went and Perkins <laughs> yeah. peed on each other's spots, and then we can't walk back in to sniff each other's butts, yeah. basically. Uh, okay. We tried setting up three microphones. We tried. That's all I'll say. But, um, well, failure is up to interpretation. (laughs) Uh, so Lucas has one, and then Drees and I are going to share one, but I think I'm going to hog it. And don't hog it. What other, uh, what other, what other, uh, you know. Cautionary tales should we tell before we start? We had a bit of a struggle. That's it. Yeah, that's the 
Just wanted to make that clear. I'm going to take these headphones off. <clears throat> Gosh, wouldn't it be nice if we all could wear headphones? Or have a third microphone. <laughs> well, if we pass it over to you, you could use it. <laughs> Sir, could you state your name, please? My name is Lucas Warren. No middle initial. Okay, that's fine. R. R is the middle initial. Lucas, I'm glad you're here tonight. I'm glad to be here. It's been a while since I've seen you dudes. I know. It's fun to just kind of get together and chat. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I saw Gabe a month or two ago. Maybe two couple months ago. Yeah, we got together. We got together when <laughs> we got together for beers when we were trying to set this thing up. When I had a little Bertha. <laughs> and she mm. really needed an update. Yeah. Yeah. No, we needed a full scale uh computer purchase. That was cool. That's I a like that. that was a uh, a memorable night, I think. Was it? Uh, yeah, because there was that one incident of the old man walking downtown who was handed a slice of pizza from the homeless man. Yeah. And yeah. he was like probably the most frail old guy ever. And his shirt was just totally patriotic. And he walked by us and, and we died because he, the back of his shirt said, stomp my flag and I'll stomp your ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't and he's not really crazy? the type of guy who could stomp much And he these was days. old, like 80s, <laughs> 80s old and frail and like moving down the street. Like, But he took the pizza. He, he took, took the, the pizza, pizza from the homeless guy. And he, I think, did he take a bite? I don't know if he took a bite. I don't think he I took just... a bite in front of us. But the homeless guy tweaking, had some Little Caesars pizza, right? A box, like a half-eaten crackhead box of Little Caesars pizza. And this dude, this old man's shuffling. And he just, this tweaked out dude goes, want a piece of pizza? <laughs> and the old man, Not a word, he just takes a it. fucking word. And looks at him, takes it. And he was short, too, this old guy. Yeah. He's an old dude, but the yeah. shirt was the best. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, by the time flag, he got I past us, dump your ass. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a really odd interaction. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. It's great when you have those hangout hangouts and <sighs> something small like that happens, but it's memorable, dude. That was great. And then, yeah, I tried running into pay without my mask on, and fucking lady charged me with her. The employee there charged me. Hey, put a mask on! Oh, I'm just trying to pay the bill. Okay. Yeah. Or sit down and have something to eat, and then you don't have to put your mask on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You're below the threshold. You get back to your table, sir. <laughs> you have no mask. You cannot leave your table. Dine and ditch, bro. <laughs> You're supposed to order online. Anyways, I feel like I should hand this back to you in case you want to. Yeah, let me see it. So I'm it. picturing this uh, old man that yeah. you speak of, and I can only imagine, and you have him right alongside a homeless person, kind of like a methed out kind of homeless person. Absolutely. Yeah. Guys, just How considerate of the homeless person <laughs> to notice, like, <laughs> this guy's condition <laughs> is actually worse than mine. <laughs> he could use a piece of pizza. <laughs> 
so true. Man. Yeah. Man. I'm, yeah. Brentwood. It's like the comedy in that is so funny. Yeah. It's it just. I tried to pass you the mic so you could talk. You karate chopped it. I wish we were recording this with video too, so we could. Really, oh yeah, you could see it. Yeah. So we could really see our struggles. Soon. And I, the, uh, the apprehension to talk when the mic's not in front of you, is so real because you're like I want to. <laughs> you want to say something, but there's. But no, it may not be picked up. Yeah. I'm sure there's some bleed going on, right? We'll be able to hear some. So you mentioned having sticks. some nerves driving over here. Is that were those I, real nerves? What were eh, what, what's something? Real. You know, when some I mean, I don't do this kind of thing. Right? I don't sit down and have podcast conversations. But so when Gabe asked me, "Do you want to come have a chat and do the podcast thing?" Of course, you're like, "Ooh, I'm kind of nervous. What if I'm just like, you know, you never do it." So right, that's the nerves. But then when you get in the car and you're moving, what it's per- like when I do a show or something. Or, what percentage of you agreeing to come on the podcast was? Uh, Gabe and Dries are friends of mine. Gabe and I are homies. We go way back. I'd hate to say no to him and let him down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, peer pressure. He like, came. He came so over like, months ago. How I'm trying to get this podcast thing up and do all this. Yeah, and then of course he asked me. Oh yeah, I'm not want to be a part of that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be a part of that. <laughs> so the podcast thing is not a new thing to you. However, on the backside of it, yeah. Uh, Right, the because tech side. Uh, tell me a little bit about um, what what's your occupation? What do you do? What do you? How are you getting a paycheck? Yeah, so my official title is technical director and audio engineer for a company called Workday in Pleasanton, uh, software enterprise software company. Um, but I guess the the basic uh, short answer of what that job is is we have a marketing studio in Pleasanton, and we do all their internal outward facing marketing materials and we run it out of that studio so my job is basically to make sure that studio fires up and stuff looks good and things coming work. out of it when yeah. a microphone is getting used it works yeah like when you when someone goes to talk in it their sound yeah like that their gets sound. laid into a track on Absolutely. the software like yeah something like that and I'm, I'm pretty sure it probably has a punching bag and some barbells um is it somewhat kind of like the woodshed we're in now no, no, not much like yeah, the woodshed. Like yeah, okay. <laughs> a yeah. few. I mean, it would yeah, probably be a, a cooler. A few more bells and whistles, but yeah, the idea is the same. The idea is you know, the same. We need to get in an acquired environment and make somebody look good and sound good. And so my main, my main, the thing I love the most is the audio. That's what I, that's what I got started in. That's what I've always paid the most attention to. And mm-hmm. yeah, like. When you say, sorry, yeah, you'll get the mic in a second, bro. Well, <laughs> listen, we're at 10 minutes. You get the mic when we're at 12 mm-hmm. minutes, okay? I got two more minutes. I feel like we're <laughs> we're in a debate. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're in a debate and Gabe and I are sharing the uh, mic. Sharing the mic. <laughs> yeah. <Donald. laughs> you were silenced at the moment. President Donald. So when you say, like, uh, you're into the audio side of it, uh, like, that's what kind of drew you to that position that job uh you're talking about like how getting that tangled web to weave right like the like the the nuts and bolts of making the production happen yeah yeah i like plugging all the stuff in i like being hands-on when nobody's around really and getting it all set up and i guess i should back up a little more so when i got into audio i started in music i think a lot of people do uh but 
started in music and then went to opera. Yeah. Well, well okay. Yeah, <laughs> playing drums. Yeah, <laughs> playing drums in a rock band, man. Yeah, man, when I was in high school. Yeah, I know, band. right? Isn't Woo! that cool? Yeah, and then I decided. I decided after high school, I wanted to keep doing sound arts things in that world and i always thought man i'll be a musician or i'll like work in studios and all these things and uh so i went to school for that to learn how to record music and uh get really good on all that and it just there weren't any jobs in it so yeah yeah i uh after college i i started working doing carpet cleaning and just whatever i could to make money and i kind of stumbled into doing audio tech stuff for live events and it all it all started in church that's yeah, where i kind of right. you know yeah. i think a lot of people get which is there. a great place to kind of get is, some yeah. uh, behind the scenes uh no real you don't have that real uh what is it like just cutthroat a, environment right yeah. like you're not going to get booted off the team because you plugged in something wrong <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to unvolunteer you <laughs> yeah exactly so <laughs> cutting yeah, your pay to yeah. Uh, negative now. Yeah. You're not getting paid, but we're going to not yeah. not pay you again. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus doesn't like the way you sound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But it was church. Church really did it. And I ended up meeting a, a guy there at, at church that who uh, introduced me to uh, the back end of doing broadcast um, work at a, at a, at Safeway, at the big grocery chain. Yeah. And it just kind of became this whole uh, thing I really liked. I loved working in the studio environment and uh, and live shows. And these are all corporate shows. I was never in like live TV. Yeah. Yeah. Baseball, sports kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. All in internal communications, corporate stuff. That was all. But then, of course, that's uh, the the irony of uh, we couldn't get the third mic set up today. <laughs> These USB mics well, dude, are a whole other animal. We have enthusiast technology. <laughs> yeah. We don't have freaking pro, you know, or even intermediate inter- intermediary <laughs> yeah, <laughs> technology here. Yeah. Um, so uh, I wanted to ask what uh, I remember at one point because you and I go a little back. We, we go a little ways back. We do. Through our dear friend, Kevin Milner. <clears throat> and uh, we actually were on the horn with him before we recorded our last podcast. And like a freaking egotistical shit, he requested a shout out. Oh, did he? Um, <laughs> you know, and we kind of forgot. We kind of Long time listener. But we gave him one at the end. But <laughs> Oh, so he never what? heard it. What kind of music were you, or were you doing any kind of music or sound-related things, like, in high school? So in high school, let's see, I had my, my two best buds, and we started a what we thought was a progressive rock band. We always loved bands like Rush. Um, yeah, you guys are and we always tried an old-school like. We, we tried. Uh, old soul. Yeah, like we, tr- old we tried to be. Yeah. We thought that was cool, but... I don't think a lot of people think that's very, you know, the older you get, you're like, yeah. oh, that's not that cool. Yeah. I still think it's pretty cool, though. Yeah. But that was that was it, man, just hanging with your buddies and playing right. music. I mean, we didn't care if we were, we were writing songs that just felt so genuine. We weren't trying to write anything that anybody would like. We just wrote exactly what we thought we really enjoyed. Yeah. And unfortunately, nobody else thought the same way. But, I mean, we, we kind of really got our chops up doing that just hanging out and 
That's just a great feeling. Yeah. yeah. I remember one time you were talking about how you had like made some music on a keyboard. Does that ring a bell? It doesn't. Like you did some like electronic <laughs> and some techno on a keyboard. Oh, yeah. Well, we were getting high, high school, one night right? and just sitting there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Just letting the loop pedal go, and it just became in a well, mess. But well, yeah, yes, that was after the fact. I was talking a little pre that. Oh. We'll get there. Don't worry. Malt liquor and and joints are on yeah. their way. Hitting a looper. Mm. <laughs> I wanted to work up to that. All right, yeah. but um. <laughs> anyway, I think. You interest me because it doesn't seem like you're just into one genre either. Like, you're into music. I do like every little bit of music. I like the people. It's, it's funny. I do like a little bit of everything. Yeah. Like, I got a, I'm a complete progressive rock guy. I love bands. Well, some people would argue Rush isn't completely progressive rock, but say bands like Rush, bands yeah. that will do a we'll do a though. technical music. Yeah. We'll do a 10-minute song or right. we'll do something a little nerdy. Lyrics would be a little out there. But then I got a super, you know, uh I got a soft spot for bands like Zach Brown. Bands that I just feel like right. in their genres they do a great job or yeah. um I'm kind of all over the place. I know it's not the longest answer of examples, but uh, definitely my my Apple Music has got a lot of different Sorry, variants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I can throw out a few more references, <laughs> but yeah. No, I am kind of all over the place. Yeah. I like yeah. a little bit of everything. I always I really saw do. you that way as someone who just enjoys, well, engineering sound. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I went and saw yeah. Celine Dion concert in Did you really? uh, Las Vegas yeah. because because yeah. I just I just uh, you know I can't deny that she's an amazing yeah. singer. Um, I just think, yeah, things like that. Well, I think for you having which is kind of funny because I think uh, when we were drinking malt liquor and smoking joints. Um, what was that called? King King Cobras. King Cobras from yeah. Food Max. <laughs> 40. <laughs> 40 ounces. That's right. What the hell is wrong with us, dude? What, for whatever reason, we thought, no, it needs to be 40 ounce. It needs to be a 40 ounce. Well, they to, me, be to me, it was price. I think they were like a buck was 70 it? or something, right? They were like yeah. just ridiculous. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that's cheap. I, I don't I haven't bought a 40 we in a long time. Ne- we never drank anything else. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think uh, I think we were in that. In Everybody that, had their own forty. Yeah, we were at that age where you don't really like beer. You don't like right. the heavier beers. You don't really get the yeah. Budweisers and things like that. So you have this like malt liquor that's it's got a little sweetness to it. It goes down a little easier. Oh. So you think you're kind of sneaking around by yeah. getting the the yeah. malt forty and finishing I'll, it and going. I'll have yeah. you know, I've never had one of those since. No. I, I can't remember. I literally can't remember. Well, it's hard now to, yeah. like, you can just sit at home yeah, and drink yeah. a 40 all by yourself. Like, <laughs> it's it's a little easier when you yeah, got your no. Razor scooter <laughs> and you're heading down to Food Max. Yeah, totally. Wearing man thongs. <laughs> well, that's you. Yeah. <laughs> I would never. Man thongs and board shorts, shirtless. Um, Such a slut, dude. Yeah. Anyways. Um, did... Yeah. 
Yes, those are very formative, formative years for us and uh, Kevin and I. I'm, I'm sure of that. Good times. But then you became an adult. Then you stopped supply, supplying us with liquor, and you started getting more serious about producing and stuff. When did that really, do you think, started kicking in? And what instrument did you start with? I'm definitely a drummer. Yeah. I've, that's where I've really spent most of my time. I, I picked up the guitar when I was probably 13 and got into lessons. And my dad was pretty specific, like, um, when we were five, or I don't even remember now, must have been maybe seven, we had to take piano. We had to go through that, and we had to get to our, when you're a teenager, you can decide if you want to keep going or if you want to get out of it. So we had, me and my sister, uh, we had piano okay. influence, but drums was where I really spent most of my time. Anyway, to catch up again, I, I have played guitar for a while, but I never dove deep enough into the instrument to be like a guy who could sit in with a band. Like, I can write my own songs on guitar, but yeah, if the band was asking for a guitar player to sit in, I wasn't wasn't that kind of player. I wasn't, I wasn't yeah. well-rounded enough in the instrument. But drums, I could, I'd feel pretty comfortable sitting in with whoever or playing with any other band. Um, how does that, what, a, what, what, yeah, how does that... Is that just your understanding of it? Yeah, just it's the like time the you put in. It's the time you put in, yeah. Movement. Absolutely, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yes. Oh, snap. I almost knocked over your beer. Yo, beer. So I'm curious. You mentioned having a lot of different, um, you know, maybe the one specific sort of progressive rock um, favorite genre, perhaps, but it's not as though you're not. Um, a fan of other genres you mentioned zach brown which is you know one of my favorites in um in the country scene but i'm curious um, whether it be a country genre progressive rock celine dion you mentioned maybe <laughs> if, if it were pop or um of the different genres they're like oh i like that what what's uh the underlying theme or maybe the the congruent theme amongst all of those that you find yourself really, um, I like it because of this. Does that make does that question yeah, make sense? It does, and it's it's. Uh, it Do could they have... all share the same thing in a way, or is there a theme that they all share that you're, that draws you to that? So I'm not con- uh, consistent with all of them, but mostly it's the band that I like, and it's usually the rhythm section of the band that I can get into. Mm. Um, and Zach Brown stuff has some of that. I think that's why, because I'm not a big fan of certain voices for sure, but I don't, you know, uh, I don't hate on the the idea of a voice if it fits that that style of music or right. what somebody's into. But typically, I gravitate towards like I'll listen to the drums and I'll listen to the bass and I'll think if that's something I enjoy. That's kind of what guides me there. To okay, be, I see. to be specific, yeah, yeah. And I like high vocals. I don't know what it is. Mostly, I know Zach Brown's not high vocals, but uh, and but Coheed and Cambria is another example of music that I really like, where it's just this guy who sings really high, and that that part of his voice just seems to shine through everything. Yeah. And I like that. I like that about certain voices. For that's sure. one thing I really love about bluegrass music and the the tenor sound from the males in the bluegrass genre. Um, 
maybe for me it's because I, I have n no capacity to be able to go there personally, you know? Um, I mean, I'm a highway singer, you know, going down the road and singing to a sold out crowd in my car. Um, <laughs> so I don't really have much in the way of, uh, if any in the musical realm, whether it be singing or instruments, nothing as far as an instrument goes, I can sing, you know, a little bit, the, the easy, uh, worship songs, you know, tend to be pretty, um, uh, I don't know, vanilla in the sense that they're kind of made for everybody to be able yeah. to sing along to as far exactly. as the key, they're in that you way. know, um, they're supposed to be that way. Um, but I like a lot of different genres too. And I would say for myself, uh, it's authenticity maybe like that's my layman's, um, whether it be authenticity in the lyrics or maybe in just the sound, like, or the originality of it where, um, you know, I think of like red hot chili peppers that came along, came on the scene when I was a little kid. Um, they garnered so much attention so quickly cause there was nothing else like them at the time. Um, and then maybe for, for me, Zach Brown band, uh, in the country scene, they're actually kind of putting out a country sound in a country environment. That's not really doing a lot of country anymore. If that yeah. makes sense, where it was, you know, more pop and, and kind of a hip hop mix with country where Zach Brown, not that they don't have some pop, but, um, I just found that everything they were playing, I was like, this is an actual modern country song. Like it, it has, it pays enough homage to country roots, but yet is new yeah. and fresh at the same it time. It doesn't sound like one guy wrote the music. I think that's what's important mm. too about a band like that. And right. Um, after but, all it does say Zach Brown band yeah it sounds like a band like it, yeah it's not like these formulaic parts all the time you know maybe there's other singers or it just feels like somebody the guitar player might take a little run on a on a verse or something where it just feels sure. like that is something a player would do they mm -hmm. wouldn't just sit there in the background and and try and blend but that authenticity it's funny because I really like in the country genre I know we're talking a little more today country sure um I can go with any, but that authenticity, any country genre yeah. you want, bro. I got you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but go but for it. that authenticity comes from guys like Keith Urban, too. Mm -hmm. Like a guy who could, like almost, I'm not comparing him to Michael Jackson, but in the authenticity part where they, the guy will cry during a song. You know what I mean? There's yeah. something to grab there when mm -hmm. I, you know, uh, and I think that's really important. Like songs like that where you actually, it's not just about going out to the the bar and picking up on this girl or whatever, but sure. he takes a different road. And before you know it, he's at the end of the song sniffling, <laughs> which, <laughs> you know, it isn't always the, you know, always in the mood for that, but there, you gotta, no, give, but you, you gotta give credit where it's like, sure. this guy is, yeah, he, he understands this. Authentic. He feels this. Yeah. Right. And I think some of the, uh, uh, no matter what, um, genre it is, um, and I'll just kind of camp in the country genre to kind of prove my point, but you have like a Toby Keith, versus a Zach Brown and I I find Zach Brown being way more authentic than a Toby Keith and not that I'm not a fan of some Toby Keith songs I think he has some great totally. ones but the songs that just irk me are songs that uh and I feel like Toby Keith has a lot of these songs that irk me and they're songs that you know are specifically produced to meet a genre expectation of the audience if that makes sense or the, Absolutely. like the audience wants sticking a boot in their ass and drinking from a red solo cup so that they can, you know, play this song and blare it at the party while they're all drunk, you know. Where Zach Brown, on the other hand, almost every song you listen to, not that there's not like that, like, let's make this one for the radio, but 
there's a, a enough of a story in each one of those songs. You're like, no, this is just what they wanted to write. Yeah. This is what they like. This is what this, whether it was the whole band or the artist or the individual, this is what they wanted to put out. Yeah. You know, and they, they might have dolled it up to some degree to make it a little bit more uh, mass worthy, but it's not just um, concocted in this back room like, what does the, you know, the boot wearing audience want today? Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. I almost feel like that Toby Keith. Uh, that's your jam, huh? Type guy. That's kind of like jock country, you know? <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, me and my boys. Rhinestone, America. Rhinestones on your ass, pants yeah. kind of thing. Bolts and pit vipers, you know? Toby Keith. I does, that's all I want. The to say. cowboy who was never on the farm. Oops. And don't get me wrong. Like like I said, um, I'm an American. And so, like, I'll, I'll, st- I'll stand and salute. You know, we'll put a boot in your ass or whatever, <laughs> whatever that song. Like, I'm like, yeah, fucking get him, Toby. You know? <laughs> but, like, I'm also not fooled. You're not fooled. Yeah. I'm not fooled that I, I know this was like, you know what? We need some good September, post September 11th. You know, <laughs> songs to really get a few more millions in the bank. You know, yeah. I I know what's going on here. Yeah, but it, uh, at the but I don't appreciate it as much as the other stuff. Where I'm like I could tell that these people like put blood, sweat, and tears, literal tears, into these other songs. Where you're like, ah, they they made it because they had blood and yeah. they had sweat and they had tears. You know, yeah, and so they were compelled to write this song as opposed to you know compelled to Absolutely. write it for. For the mass audience that is like, you know, what what does NASCAR want this weekend? You know? Totally. So and again, I well, I don't watch NASCAR, but um I'm wearing my Wranglers right now. I just want y'all to know I'm not hating on no Toby Keith, all right. Wranglers are made in Mexico. I never found Wranglers Wranglers or Levi's. I've never found them to fit me. We're kind of the same size. We're yeah, smaller we're, guys. We're um more appropriately statured than yeah. our, our neighbor over here. Yeah. Man hands. Did we're you... proportional, I think. Yeah. More so than most. We're going to live longer. More proportional? <laughs> Are you serious? But American Eagle jeans for me. Yes, I am serious. Gabe, just put up a hand right now as if you're going to high five somebody. See? That's a little bit of a freak hand. <laughs> we, should get, we should get a snapshot no, of that. <laughs> we should get a snapshot of Gabe's hand and we'll just upload that to the We Never Knew Instagram page so people get a sense. Well, we should do this. Here, put your hand up next to mine. This would be like sort of like an ebony and ivory, <laughs> but it's more like midgetry. And... Your hands are smaller than my wife's hands. But yeah, your, wife, the, the your wife is probably taller than me, too. You're scooting yours up a little. No, okay, you weren't. I felt like you were scooting your hand up. Yeah, we're gonna get a picture of this so we can show our audience. Yeah, it's. But your hands are freakishly big for you. Oh my gosh, you're so cute. <laughs> you're such a cute little man. You're like a doll. Um, you're like a doll. You're like a doll. Like you could just. I don't toss see it. it. <laughs> He's Michaelis. Go ahead, <laughs> swinging around. Let's talk some shit. <laughs> Sorry, um, everybody. While mommy and daddy are not getting along right now, it's it. Don't worry. Ding, ding, ding. We're not going anywhere though. Our relationship is secure. It's just that we don't always get along. Uh, well, you are cute. 
You're a cute little man Thank sometimes, you, you know? I appreciate Your you saying hair. that while I call you man hands. Yeah, whatever, dude. Okay. I'm yeah, sure you have a big hog, something. too. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. It's always just like, doesn't make sense What's to a me, hog? You know? <laughs> I think my hands really crushed the impression on my penis. Li- well, literally and figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. I totally lost track. <laughs> totally lost track. Yeah, let's go back on track. All right. So I kind of... Um, getting back to your occupation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, not to take some of the humor out of it. Well, you, while I'm asking mine, you can think about yours, and then if it's worthy, you can have the microphone back. So, Lucas, um, as your occupation, sound engineer? Did I? Is that no? What, That's it. Yeah. Is that yeah? A good enough? Um, all right. I'm just gonna go with sound engineer because that's all my brain can. So I think as time, I think as time goes on, I kind of evolve. Well, for my my occupation. I would say I'm more of a studio engineer at this point. Studio because engineer. audio isn't the only thing I touch. Oh, these days, right, right, so. yeah, because you're a video guy too, yeah. right? And uh, plugging all those wires and making all that work. Just plugging all that stuff in, yeah. So I'm curious in that work environment. Like I picture you um, in one end of the room, and the people that are on the recording, whether it be audio or video, are on the other end of the room. And you're like kind of the puppeteer, kind of like pulling the strings and levers, making it all work. Is that my kind of? Eh. I think I I like to see my job as I kind of set up and build everything before talent would come to okay. the studio. How about um, us? Like, would you see us as talent right exactly, now? Exactly. Yeah, We're all like, all three of us are the are talent. the talent right yeah. now. Okay. All right. So good. I'd be the guy who would set something like all this right, up, all right. and then I just wanted to know. Then my job is. You know, then it, then my job relaxes a little bit once we're going. You know, if I've okay. done if I've done everything correctly, now it's time for the talent just to do their thing. Perfect. Okay, so the talent, like you've had it, you have it all set up, and you're like, doom, 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 mic one, mic two, input three and four and five, then and then all looking good, right? Talent shows up, we're rolling. Now you're still present while they're rolling, right? In case Absolutely. there's something that arises that you yeah. need to address, right? What would be the phrase or the scenario that takes... Is there a common phrase like, like um, my mic's not working or some, you know, the video just stopped? What is the, the, the phrase that is said in the room or the scenario that takes place that you're like, oh, damn, you like that gets your blood pressure up or that you get, you know what I'm saying? Like all of a sudden it's like went from like smooth sailing, smooth sailing, boom, stressed. So, I don't have a saying for any of that. When well, it well, happens, okay. when it happens, for sure. Um, so, I, you know, I've honestly been lucky enough to find my way out of a lot of issues. If, like, a mic went down, I could swap one out or uh, find out what happened mm-hmm. or um, make a change, figure out something to keep the show going. Because, in, you know, in the, the audience doesn't see it like I do. And I have to sometimes put my head back into that space and... And say hey, they just want to hear something, or they just want to see something else right now. Um, so find a fix. But uh, one thing that happened just well two weeks ago, 
had a big company meeting. We had this whole thing set up. I had this big piece of through Zoom. I'm it, I'm sure it was. Yeah, it was. We had um, a video switcher at our studio. If it's not through Zoom, yeah. I'm going to let Daddy yeah. know. But <laughs> it's it's through Zoom. It's through Zoom. We had a big video. Ooh. Yeah, big video switcher set up. We have all of our. Uh, playbacks and uh, uh, talent pump through this video switcher and it's mm-hmm. feeding zoom essentially and all that does is uh the short description of that is it just allows us to make the show a little more customized we can do like dissolves to a video or you know cue in music or do these kinds of things instead of it just cutting back and forth between somebody talking on their laptop mm. um shows at eight or eight thirty five thirty i'm in there checking the gear dies the gear just dies so we've had things like that happen before reboot restart try and get things up and running you've got a few hours this was the first time in my professional career i after about an hour and a half of troubleshooting trying to think of a different way around how we could make this work i could not come up with a solution that was like the biggest um kind of to your question i guess like my that was like my, oh shit. Like I didn't yeah. have an answer. I didn't. And that was a weird feeling to tell the stakeholder, hey man, so this is where we're at. We're, yeah. we're underwater. We're underwater. We're screwed. We're screwed. Uh, yeah. And then it ended up, I mean, there's a way out. You could just do Zoom like it was, you know, a regular Zoom meeting. But that that feeling is terrible. And it's weird that I'm in this kind of position, um, in this kind of work, because I hate that feeling. I hate live broadcasting. I hate the pressures of it, but I do it. Yeah. I just kind of power through it, and I got a job in it, and I keep that job, and I hate it. I don't hate the job, but I hate... The feeling of that pressure. That feeling of live work, and like everything kind of just is in the balance of something just minorly going wrong and the show's ruined your reputation could be ruined your job could be gone so it's kind of a weird i don't really have an answer for that but i i have found myself in a job that i don't understand why i'm in the job because internally i hate it (laughs) i stay up all night like if we have a show every single live show we have if the night before i don't sleep it just stresses me out like crazy Mm. And when the show's over, I feel like I'm off for the week. You know, I feel like I go, oh, I'm on PTO now. Like you oh, just, not, like but you, it feels like that. Like you like, just turned in a moly. midterm test or something. Yeah. Or like you, your, your finals are done. And yeah, and I feel like that comes to... from my dad. My dad was one of those guys who I feel like every weekend he was telling me to take on things you don't like so you can learn. And, and I now I just do that. And... So I've never gotten to that thing I actually like really like because I just keep taking on the things I don't, don't like. like and yeah, that's funny. You kind of uh, that sort of segues pretty good into uh, another uh, question I have. I'm curious, uh, what sort of things did you go through as a teenager or um, in your earlier twenties um, that uh, you feel like set you up? Um, you know, what kind of experience did you have? Any, any sports or you've mentioned music or, you know, a, a particular hardship or, and, and again, you just mentioned your dad. So I think that makes for a good segue with this question. Um, what are some of your experiences prior to the job you're doing now that you feel like have um, equipped you to um, work in that 
envi- work in the environment that you're in, you know, because um, you might not have the stress of being the talent person, but in a way, your position, I think, is way more stressful than the talent person position in that setting, right? Because uh, if it if it all goes to hell in a handbasket and there's no way to get it up and running, that's on nobody but you guys that are in the you know engineer side of it, you know. Yeah, uh, I can't think of one situation. I just i I probably never say no. I don't remember the last time I've said no to a gig or to doing something or. Uh, and I think that's what's kind of led me into the the role that I have. I just never never pick and choose. It's always if somebody offers something, I just go for it. And that mm-hmm. was something. Um, I guess something else my dad used to always say. But it's it's just one of those things you kind of roll into it. Like if like I brought up the church thing is kind of where I started getting into more of the AV tech side of things, and a guy on the the volunteer staff wanted me to come by and look at a studio out at Safeway. Um, and I just came by and offered me a job. And I said, yes. And all these things, like at that moment, you're like, oh, I don't want this. I don't really want to do this. I don't like this. I'm going to do it. I've never done it before. Mm. Um, but there was never one one real thing I can think of that really, you know, I could, I could sum that up into. I yeah. just feel like being a yes man kind of opens up certain doors, yeah. right? If you're no, not I think, turning things down, you're meeting new people, right. you're doing things that are making you uncomfortable. And, and when you're do, when you're saying yes to things, um, whether you have the full confidence of being, <laughs> uh, the full confidence of being uh, proficient at whatever you're saying yes to, it forces you, one, you're going to do it now because you said yes, and if you're a man of your word or a person of your word, you're going to follow through. But then you're forced now to figure out a means to uh, deliver on your yeah. yes, you know? Um, and I find it interesting um, that that's something you bring up. I, I've met your dad years ago and didn't haven't spent a lot of time around him, but um, in the one uh, occurrence where I remember um, being in, around your dad, uh, I got man, this this fellow really can can talk, and he likes to share some stories. But one of his uh, oh, he's English. He's yes, he's English, and so uh, the which lends itself being English lends itself to like wanting to listen because he must know what he's talking about. It sounds like, good. Yeah, listen to the <laughs> accent, right? Um, and I don't remember the story verbatim or the stories, but the the theme of what he was sharing was simply that like uh he he did briefly talk about when he first uh uh, immigrated here from england and i don't know if it was his brothers or like something uh, but anyhow getting into the carpentry trade he's like we didn't i never built anything i just kind of but he said yes to that he could do a lot of this stuff that he didn't even know how to do um, and then just had the, the ability to go and like, see how things, other people had put it together and then he figured out how to put it together and, and, you know, yeah. he certainly, uh, carved out a, a path for himself in this world. Yeah. And, uh, and it was simply by saying, yeah, he could do it. Yeah. You know? And a mindset of like, my dad's a security guy. Like he loves the idea of having security and wealth and setting himself up. Mm-hmm. So it was like, what? has the dollar signs attached to it mm. that I can get into, right? Right. And 
that's that's an interesting thing to just go down that road of like only seeking out the dollar signs and not pushing the passion or the so my dad will tell you to, if he was sitting here right now do you love construction do you love no he said but we can make a lot of money back in the day we could do this we could sure. do that and yeah yeah so i feel like i'm a lot like that where i kind of chase the the security and that and not so much the passion mm, i see okay That sounds um, sad, though, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, but that's not all you're doing. That's not all you're up to. Right? No, no yeah. way. Um, what was your dad be- doing before he got here, just out of curiosity? Before he made his way to the States on that old wooden he, ship? So he tells the story um, of owning a, a, a handful of um, antique shops, and he would, like go in and the state sale kind of stuff that yeah. we would see over here, you know, where you would buy up a house and um, move all the stuff in that house to different shops you had. Maybe it was like a high-end antique shop mm-hmm. or like a, a more like a thrifty shop. or Which uh, seems like a bit, like it's a big thing in England, antiques, I think. It's a lot Well, yeah, I think years, right? Here. Like, yeah, we've yeah. got a, you like know. People actually pay money for that shit. Yeah. We only have a handful of uh, hundreds cool. of years around, and they've got much, much more. Uh, yeah, you know, even the oldest antiques here aren't even close to old antiques in yeah, Europe. Yeah. So, yeah, you can float around Europe easily and just see so much older that. things that just incredible. Yeah. So, but so with the music thing with you, because music is your passion, right? That's the thing, yeah, that's so, the thing that I just, I think that's the obsessive thing, right? That, yeah. like, just pushes action. Like, I have to do it. Okay. But but you've kind of, would you say, do you feel like the uh, path that you're going down right now is, do you feel, do you say it feels balanced? Like, between, you have that security, right? And then you're also doing, you know, things on the side as well, which we have yet to talk about. I think, you know, I think 2020, (laughs) this year has made it balanced, to be honest. I know a lot of people have had a hard time. Um, For me, it's been, I've had to step back and I've had a lot more free time. Yeah. And uh, I think I went a little crazy for, you know, the first couple of months, like a lot of people trying to figure out what I could do with this time, yeah. pursuing new things. And, uh, yeah. I just came back to the thing I, I was doing, which was, cre- you know, just creating music for myself, trying not to write something that I feel anybody else would care to listen to, but just doing something that I wanted to do. Yeah. And yeah, so I feel like the balance is good now, but okay. it's almost in thanks to this year, okay. which is kind of weird because yeah. last year I didn't really play music at all. Um, hmm. and I had every opportunity to be playing music and playing shows. And now that it's gone, it's like, now you want it and pursue it more. Right. Cause it's not there. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully that this year is kind of put more of a, a habit of keeping that balance. Yeah. Try and put for, uh, put forth a little more effort to make sure it, it doesn't get a uh, kick to the side. Yeah. In pursuit of security. Yeah, I find myself in a similar position, too. Um, Now, 
you're going to be putting out an album at yeah, some point. First one in a while. So yeah. I've been, uh, we have a good friend who we all call B-Van. Yeah. Whose name is Brandon Hansen. Yeah. Um, and we just, we teamed up like, he's just a brilliant guitar player. Brilliant. He's got that old school, like, shred 80s metal thing down. Shred flow. Like, it's just, yeah. That's his style. Yeah. And he does it really, really well. And it's fun. It's that Iron Maiden meets, uh, I don't know, any sort of metal-y music you had through the 80s. It's pretty shreddish. Um, it's great. Wish I had better words for Speaks to my all, soul. The, all the 80s shred. And sometimes it doesn't work for me. But playing with B-Van is amazing. And we, we sat down a, a few months ago and started just working on a couple of tunes and we put out a, a couple of things online and um on all the streaming platforms mm-hmm. and we were just having fun so we decided just last week actually to just book out a week of studio time just us in the studio just us two and we just said let's just crank out some songs yeah let's just like have fun doing that we had we have both have pretty flexible flexible schedules right now, so we yeah. just said let's do it, and we we tried to act like we were rock stars. We'd get in there at like three in the afternoon, and we're like, dude, we're gonna be here till like two a.m. We're just gonna be cranking two three in the morning, just going. Dude, ten thirty rolls around, we're yawning, looking at our, <laughs> we're out of there. <laughs> we got a lot done, but we don't have the stamina. I just don't have that like gene to sit there yeah. and just like I'm Grind. just gonna hang in the studio all night. Um, so (laughs) after, you know, a few eight hour days, we got it done and it's, uh, so right now it's all tracked and what does that look like? Like an eight hour day of just recording. It's tough when you're out of shape, like, and I feel like I'm out of shape and I think we both agreed we were out of shape where we just haven't been playing with bands in the last couple of years. We haven't been in this studio environment in a handful of years and, so you sit down to do a take of the song and you kind of suck at your own song. Like yeah. you're just you're just kind of really fighting through it until you get something that feels right. And yeah. so it's a lot of sitting down and thinking out parts and playing through parts and going, "Wow, that really sucked." And let's let's try that again, or let's look at that differently. So it's not as cool as uh, it sounds. Like we're just gonna sit down and rock out, and then <laughs> yeah, this album's gonna be done. It's gonna be killer. Yeah, no, it's all right. Let's pick up that verse again because I just totally uh, fucked does that up. Every, does anybody ever get it one take? Is there I don't a guy know. that's I, known? I like, think everybody wants that, wonder? right? Like we think about the old bands in the days, and uh, I mean, just to bring up Rush again, they talk about their first album, a weekend of them just tracking the songs together and getting it done, and it. And you listen to it, and it sounds like three guys in a rock band having a great time. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah I think we all want that, but yeah, we're, there's different musicians these days. I mean, yeah. people were just focused on getting that 15-second video when Instagram first came out with videos. And it was like, I need to have, I'm just going to play this guitar like for 15 seconds. And mm-hmm. the best part of it. It's a different thing. Yeah. I don't think anybody, uh, not, not anybody, there's a lot of great bands who I'm sure perform Semi live in the studio, and because they're amazing, but yeah, I feel like there's a lot, uh, it's a lot easier to just say, Oh, let's do that again, or like, I didn't get that right, but we can fix it later, kind of thing going on. Yeah, I'm guilty of that too. I know I can fix that later, so it's part of my job. So if I get something wrong, I can, yeah, I'm not gonna do it again. 
Yeah. Taking the time to do it right the first time. Yeah. Well, and I guess it could. It would never have to be really live, live. It's like, yeah, we did it live, and then you messed up, and then you just do it again. Yeah, yeah we did it live. I think it doesn't matter to the listener, right? You're not really chopping it up. You're, yeah. Right? If I wrote, if I wrote live technique. next to every song on there, yeah, it wouldn't make a difference. Yeah, does it? Sound My grandma's right? not going to listen to it and be like. You guys did this live. Yeah. But does that make a difference to to people like you? To me, it does. Yeah. But I don't know if yeah. most people care. Maybe but they do. But sometimes you do. I think sometimes you do things for your people. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, like comedians being comedians for other comedians. <laughs> or like, uh, you know, kind of like, what do they call that? A comedian's comedian. What is it? What? There, there's an industry term that I'm, that I'm taking I'm off my jacket. To. So it's gonna um, be some Russell. Don't. Well, thanks for letting us all know. Yeah. If I can but, get it off. There we go. I think there's a place <laughs> for that, though. You know, like I don't know. Not everything has like because there's different levels, different levels to people and their knowledge about the craft or any craft, right? So it's like, well, yeah. this song's a hit for the masses, and this one's kind of for those who are, like, knee-deep, you know? Yeah. And so on and so forth. Yeah, and I feel like as a an artist, you, you do have a hard time thinking of what your audience is. Yeah. I do. Um, and I wonder if that plays into it, you know, where you're just... You just can't write anything different at a certain point. Like, you just write what you're going to write, you know? Yeah. Like I love again, I love bands like Rush, and I Coheed is one of my greatest. Uh, you yeah. know, I love them. I can't write the music I like. Yeah, I wish I could. I go into the studio thinking, "Oh man, let's write an album like this." Last Coheed album, it's just gonna be sick. And then some, some starts coming out. I'm like, "This stuff is shit." <laughs> it doesn't. It's not quite even this like. Huh? Yeah, it's like, uh, and not that it is shit, but you know, it's just it's funny how you can't you can't really do. Uh, you know, you just kind of put out there what. Yeah just naturally comes even though no matter how hard you fight it yeah what uh that brings up another question of like what what other bands or like what influences your music or the things that you uh well let's i guess you could kind of attack that in a couple different ways right like you know what inf what influences how you write versus what influences how you engineer maybe or yeah i think i have a layer it yeah I think there are probably struggles for all, a lot of people as well, but I feel like I yeah. I beat myself up on what I should be writing and what influences me and not because things like social media get in the way. Mm. You're looking at what a lot of people like, and I'm thinking, man, I'm not doing anything like that. Yeah, I'm not sitting at my, uh, you know, with my nice camera and doing a guitar solo and 50,000 people are liking this post. And I feel, then you immediately start to doubt yourself and go, I'm not doing the right stuff. <laughs> Dude, I just wrote a bullshit song that like I fell in love with five minutes ago, watched this yeah. video and now I hate my song. Yeah. So I think I have the, and I'm sure a lot of people have the same problem. I mean, um, social media is kind of a scary thing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like those uh, influences are almost like, they should be making us want to do better, but they sometimes just kind of break you down. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And, uh, and I, 
And I feel that too about the things that I make because it's a lot like, oh, I saw a guy do this. Uh, and it, it is a cool thing to make, but it also, you know, got a lot of attention too, right? So it's kind of like, yeah, it's very... And when you're trying to play that game too, it's not, yeah, it's not a good feeling. But then there's a part of me where I just, when I think about something that I want to make and I just make it, there's, I, I kind of feel like sometimes I'm putting that in the, in the bank, like in the safe deposit box, you know, uh, at one point this might cash in, you never know, you know, I might be, or I might be doing something again like this. I'm just not getting any attention for it now just by maybe the sheer uh you know volume of people I'm reaching or whatever it is and so it's just like a a time thing if it it's yeah kind of doesn't that kind of uh, brings me to peace a little bit when I think about it like that like yeah. freeze my head up to just say yeah just make whatever yeah uh, whatever is on my heart yeah, and I to sort of add to that, I think it's important to um if you're going to be a content producer, whether it's music or this audio podcast or video, ultimately you want to be making stuff that you think is cool, right? More so than what other people think is cool because otherwise you're sort of um trapped by the whims of of uh whatever their approval is yeah right um and or at least have some belief in what you've just created that it's totally okay if one person heard it saw it and thought oh man that was so fun oh man that just made me feel good oh that's such great advice Oh, um, I'm going to see if maybe that's on Spotify, you know, what, you know, yeah. so whatever it is, I mean, it has to be worth it to you that one person other than yourself got some, um, uh, bonus from it, some advantage from it, some benefit from it, because, you know, it, it the fact that one person or a hundred people or a million people, can't be the that the number in that can't be the determining factor on whether or not it actually has any value to totally. you, yeah. right? Absolutely. Um, and since we're kind of on that social media, um, uh, you know, idea at the moment, I'm curious from your perspective as a um, musician that uh, plans to and has shared some of their music, be it whether years ago before social media or currently now during social media, or maybe you, you're going to Spotify or whatever. Um, so I have a daughter who's 14, um, is playing the guitar a little bit. She knows a little piano. She's kind of just teaching herself um, via YouTube and whatnot. Um, but she's got a TikTok and she's got an Instagram and she's shared a few things. And for the most part, the people that are seeing that are people that she knows, obviously. Um, and, people that we know uh, that are maybe follow her. And so it's sort of this, you know, small community. And, and I'm curious what sort of 14-year-old um, Lucas would tell um, a 14-year-old right now 
uh, or you know what you're of. Let me rephrase that. What you know now and what you've experienced, and what what advice would you give that fourteen year old that's like wanting to start sharing things? Because it's a it's a it's scary. The, the up is the it's scary, up, but yeah. the down is down. It's and if you down. don't have a security, I feel like in your identity and like meaning, like if you don't know who you are, you're about to uh, either get a, a conflated view of who you are in a uh, you're not as good as you think you are or there's no way you're as bad as people are saying you are either yeah right because it's both of those in social yeah. media so i'm maybe if you would speak to the 14 year old um that's you know just starting to learn some music and learning to play an instrument has some talent you know but anyhow you- yeah well i would uh i guess the the short answer is i would keep putting out content I would keep doing it, you know, as many as much as you can, uh, because it's it's almost like a good diary to look back on and go, oh man, I I'm better than that now. Like, oh, I learned from that. I learned from that. And it's funny that I I helped produce this rap song <laughs> for this this neighbor I have who went through some really really hard times. Why and, do you laugh? Uh, Are you not a rap fan? Fine, no, it's cool. Silence it, is everything. Silence, silence is, violence, is everything. Bro. Again, I appreciate (laughs) interrupted you. If it's great, it's great. (laughs) I I mean, I won't deny it if it's great. Uh, But it's not my thing, right? But I'll, I can sit behind and 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 formulate some sort of. You were the one drinking forties, okay? Yeah, exactly. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But this, so this this gal is, um, I don't know how old she is now, but she's she's got to be like mid twenties or something like that. She's never even done music before. But she wanted to get something out. She wanted to get, she loves music. She loves this type of hip hop music and just wanted to get a message out. And was once it was recorded and uh, I gave her the final piece of audio, she was just terrified about pushing it out because mm-hmm. uh, what are people going to say? What are they going to, they're going to hate it. Everyone's going to hate it. She was just beating herself up about it. Um, yeah, they're just going to hate it. And she just ended up just doing it. She got over the hill and just said, all right, I'm putting this out. Everybody loved it. They loved the message that she, she was just doing great. She got hundreds and I don't know, she's up to like a few hundred views on her YouTube video for it. Right. And it's like, I didn't even, she didn't even think five people were going to listen to it. Yeah. And though it needs work and she could probably do something better now, um, it just pushed her in the right direction. Um, Maybe that's not the greatest example, but the whole point being like, you should just start keep putting it out. Like when I was 14, that was probably my biggest problem is I was too nervous to play shows. There was no Instagram or anything, but um, I liked being in the garage with the guys and we would formulate our own shows and we would dim the lights and act like we were playing yeah. the show and no, nobody hero. was fucking there. Uh, and we got... I think me more so than the other guys, like I just didn't feel comfortable, maybe because I was singing the songs, but I just, it's like, I didn't want people to hear it. And we were pushing songs out very, you know, CDs and things like that, but we're having a hard time playing shows. So I think it would be, I think it would be in the best interest to just put it out, but keep putting it out because use it as an, a way to get better for yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And kind of like you mentioned, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's like, don't let that one thing, like if one person likes it, it's totally worth it. And it, it's validated. Focus on that and not the, um, cause social media is super scary. I get, I get insecure about it too. Sure. Like I was saying before, it's like, man, if I see somebody doing what I just did, but a little bit better 
and they've got more views about it. My first gut reaction isn't, oh, man, that's cool. I should learn that and put out a cool video. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, that guy did it. You know, you go mm-hmm. the other way. Man, that guy yeah. did it better than me, damn it. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, there's two it's different hard. avenues. It's hard to down. push that, but you should push the the alternative, which is, oh, I'm going to do that too. That was great. I can do something like that. Right. So just the more content, the better. Yeah. Yeah, I think back to um, my YouTube stint and... I had some videos that really hit. I mean, for me, they really hit, meaning like uh, there's one that's over 4 million views and another that's like pushing 2 million. Most are, I mean, there's, and there's some in the hundreds of thousands and then a lot of them are just a thousand, 15,000 or 1500 or, you know, maybe 300, right? Um, but the more engagement, more people that see one video that starts to hit, for instance, a, a 4 million video, 4 million view video, the the likes and the dislikes are uh, both the numbers are high. There's a lot of people that like it. There's a lot of people that don't like it. There's comments galore, right? And there's comments saying this was the funniest, best prank I ever saw. And then there's people that are so brutally mean in their comments that, uh, but, and I don't. I don't comment on anything unless it's a positive. I really, I, uh, yeah. and I think it's because I've been a content creator. It probably is. Um, plus, it's probably in my nature to. Uh, I'm, I'm not a de-edifier. I only edify. I only edify. I don't. I never de-edify my wife. I don't. I only edify her. If I'm going to say something, it's only edification. Um, if I'm going to say something about a friend, it's generally only edification. I never de-edify them. Uh, I don't feel like we need any help with de-edification. <laughs> we're, we're, we need no help. <laughs> yeah, we need no help with that, right? And I think to myself, I'm putting this content out as a 30-some-year-old man. I've lived in both worlds, a world without computers, um, let alone social media. And I've lived in a world with a uh, cell phone in everybody's hand literally all day long and um, access to whatever, Google it, whatever you want to know, right? Um, and so I have this wherewithal as, at that age that this is some, you know, the, the mean comment isn't the truth. However, the, the, the good comment also might not be the truth, <laughs> right? Like I have the, the, the wherewithal to be able to do that, but I feel like kids these days, I sound like a really old person just with that phrase, kids these days, but it's true, right? The a younger generation that knows nothing, no life other than a life full of um, uh, media at our fingertips, fingertips with full engagement. Um, that that doesn't somehow formulate their identity, you know. So that's like a, maybe my biggest fear for a younger generation and my uh, my fourteen year old, you know, sharing those things and because uh, even myself as a I mean, I mean, I'm in my, I'm late early forties now, but when I was really doing YouTube stuff, it was more, it was through my thirties a bit and I would see a comment and I think, gosh, man, uh, okay. All right. That wasn't this or that. But then I think, nah, you know, right next to it is a comment. It was like, uh, this brought, you know, smile to my face and I want a family like this someday. 
hallelujah, right? Yeah. I mean, what else? All worth like, it. Like, all worth it. Yeah. So that other negative comment, go shove it up your ass, you know? Put your boot up that ass. Right, yeah. Toby <laughs> Keith is coming by to stick his boot up your ass right now. But what if the but what if the but what if the mean comment was right? So valid question. However, if they it's sh- if it's gonna be art, whether I, I mean, I guess I'm I'm I'll say I'm an artist because I think my my current occupation is both a science and an art. So I feel like I have some authority to speak on art. If it's going to be art, the reality is. There's so many, um, it's in the eye of the beholder, bottom line, whether it's uh, a, a music or paintings, drawings, um, comedy, stand-up, um, uh, drama movies, horror movies, whatever. It doesn't matter, right? It's all in the, in the beholder. So both comments are going to be true at the end of the day. But, you know, which one are you going to allow to fuel you or propel you in the the two different avenues you could go after, you know, inputting, you know, allowing those comments to input your brain, you know, I think is sort of the, um, and going back to what I mentioned earlier, you have to be, uh, if you're going to be a sharer of your art, or whatever you produce, whether it be um, whatever your craft is, if you're going to share it, you have to be okay with uh, the f- being happy with your product. Just you have to be okay with your product at the end, you know. Because even if you you know push send or upload to whatever platform you want to put it up on, <clears throat> you have no control. Even though you might have fifty followers. You have no control if any of your 50 followers are even going to see it. They should, right? It's likely that one of them will, but you're just sharing it. You got it. You're throwing it out there. And after it's out there, it's, it's now out there doing its thing. You have no more control over it. You know, you have to be okay with what you put out there. But you're still responsible for it. Like, so you still have to take responsibility for it, even though it's out there and, you know, there's nothing you can do or change about it. If there is something insufficient about what you put out, you're still held responsible. No, right. But back again, totally. And that's valid. And so I don't know that it would be like as it relates to um, content on the Internet. I don't know how much you should live and die by comments of other people. But much what might be the most effective is, is to maybe consume some of that, to get a gauge or a, te- uh, a pulse or a, uh, the temperature of what the audience is uh, feeling when they see your stuff or hear your stuff or whatever. But like Lucas, like you mentioned earlier, that uh, it's sort of a good uh, log or diary of what you've been doing, Right. I would edit video that would be a 10-minute video, and it would probably be 35 minutes edited down to the 10. By the time I got to 10, I hated what I was watching. I was sick of it. I was through of it. 
right? I'm thinking nobody's going to give two shits about this. But then once it went out, when it people are only, you know, somebody would say uh, something, uh, so I would get good feedback about it. And what would, to me, what I mean by, like, not that they were like, oh, you were awesome in that. It was, oh, my gosh, I was just having the worst day, and I had a hard time with, you know, this or that. But after watching that, like, this is a great way to end my day. Are you kidding me? Yeah. 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 So sometimes we're not our own, you know, our best judge. Sometimes we are our own best judge. And so you need to, you're right, take responsibility for it, sort of. Like Lucas, like you say, I think, you know, use your, uh, if you're producing something, at least logging it, something that you can be looking back on it. Social media is a great way to do that if you can handle yeah. uh, having your stuff out there publicly to sort of, um, to to be able to go back and look at those things to see, oh, I have gotten better. Oh, good. Whew, I've gotten better. This is yeah. like, th- what I just did today was way better than last year, you know, doing the same thing, right? Um so yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah, yeah, you're totally still responsible for it, but um, it's such a the peace in all of it. Like when I say peace, not like piece of paper, but the um, the contentment in all of it is such a fine line. I feel like too. Yeah, perspective's a big one too. I think you can only find it's like doing anything in life. You need to do it the first time you do something. You you might do it really wrong or you don't even have the right perspective on it. And art is that way where if you, you write one song, there's a huge chance that song is not a great song. You write a thousand songs. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're, I'm We're listening. just looking into each other's I'm listening. eyes. Um, go ahead. Sorry. No, I just think yeah. I just adding on Dries's point is just yeah. uh, no. You're absolutely right with that art, and it's like it's n- you're never gonna get the same look twice. Like you never, you know, looking at these little weird little fucking Japanese paintings on the wall, right? I might look at it once, and then I feel a certain way about the fucking watercolor koi. But then maybe I get a but maybe couple minutes passes by i go and get a second look at it maybe i'm a little closer and that's completely different than how i'm looking at it now yeah and so that's the um and i was just listening to a podcast about this is that um it's amazing uh, art in that way how it affects your psyche and that it's even though it's not changing you're it's not this sounds whatever but you're changing around it yeah. You know, in space and time. It's true. Stuff grows on you. Right. Yeah, art grows on you. People grow on you. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, I'm not growing anymore. I'm done growing. Your beard's growing. Mm-hmm. I'm done growing too. Do we, we want to go potty? I can go chop that out. You need a pee? Yeah, I know. I do. You gotta gotta cut that out. No, we will not cut out the we will not cut out the bathroom break. Joe Rogan doesn't cut out the bathroom break. Uh oh, he's rolling. Well, you got me on the show, man. We we might even have one more bathroom break. I'm surprised we got that far. 
and we can have a second one and a third if need be. And if I if I come back, I well, this chair's not that noisy. But for a no. second, I would lean back what do you and think, think about oh. that chair. Is it good? Yeah, I don't think anything about any chair, to be honest. I don't have a chair I've thought anything about. Well, ever. I like the look of those chairs, but um, we were using them initially, and we both agreed after a while they weren't ideal. <laughs> that the old plastic. Yeah, these are better. Tried and true. Yeah, I mean you can buy them anywhere; they work. Your butt really slips out on yeah. those guys. This is actually a good chair though, because my feet. Yeah. Well, I'm sitting up, Your feet so it doesn't the matter. Ground? <laughs> I'm sitting up though, so if I was actually sitting back. <laughs> They wouldn't be touching the ground. They're close. No, they're down. I can sit back. <laughs> That's awesome. I, just, I put the space heater next to you guys because I thought you'd probably need it more. <clears throat> so. Actually, I feel pretty good in here. You did take off your jacket. Yeah. Yeah. It's surprising. But I've been drinking so, beer too. Remember what you were just saying about you know all those nice comments and stuff? Yeah, yeah, we're going to get into some weeds on some bad comments now. But it'll end good. <laughs> Are you the person <laughs> yeah. who did all the bad comments yeah. on his videos? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I, I, I've never watched... I've never watched a single one of your YouTube videos except for maybe one that you showed me. Are you just Dries uh, Pruis Online? How do we find you? Uh... I don't. I mean, now I'm nothing. I mean, okay. I still have a channel. Yeah. And those videos are still up. But if we were gonna go back and see but I haven't videos, uploaded yeah. anything in like two years. Gabriel, if you haven't seen any videos, it's because you didn't take the time to go look. And that's fine. Uh, probably not. You're probably not my audience, bro. I don't even know who my audience is. Really. Why did you stop then? So the channel name is the Dutch Prunes. I knew that. And you, over the years, I've have seen, seen them, a yeah. couple videos here a and there. A handful of years ago, enough for sure. To, yeah, it was a couple years ago. Um, you've seen enough to kind of get a feel for what they were. Yeah. You know, it's sort of a variety show. Um, some family vlogs and and um, a couple sketches and stuff and that sort of thing. So, yeah, why did I stop that? I, I regret stopping it. I do, because I felt like I had some momentum. Uh, I was... I'm a, I don't I don't have active subscribers, but at the time when I was uploading, I would say I have eighteen thousand active subscribers. Which for a mid thirties person that grew up, like I'm not a millennial, and so to I at the time mid thirties, right? Yeah, at the time, right? Yeah, and I'm a social media invalid, and I real I just had to teach myself how to edit. I had to teach myself how to uh, upload. Um, make intros and outros and and that whole and link things and so on and so forth and and they just sort of sort of learn how to play the game of promoting it. I, I wasn't a very good promoter, so eighteen thousand for me. Not I don't even like that's a lot, dude. I'm I live in video pro world. Like and I built I've that, got like three subscribers. <laughs> yeah. I built that like, it's crazy. on my own. You didn't, like I, nobody it's helped me. I didn't yeah. I never did a collaboration. So none of my none of those subscribers are from like doing collaborations with people that are ahead of me, you know, that were would be, maybe be generous enough to have me do a video with them, whatever. Um couple things. It's hard to uh you really gotta devote time to it. 
and it wasn't my main job for one. Um, and my channel was positive stuff. And so it's hard to be always positive in life when, you know, it's just hard to be like parenting is hard. Marriage is hard. Things are hard. When, so when you got, not that I like went off the deep end and had some hard patch in my life that, uh, you know, got me down and I couldn't be sunshine and roses cause my, my content was for the most part, positive content. Um, I pinched a nerve in my neck and so I couldn't sit at the computer I, to like to sit at the computer for any length of time. And it, it, I would spend an hour, two, three, four, sometimes editing a 10 minute video, you know, totally right. right? Like it, like you can do it all day for sure. Yeah. You, you can spend week, yeah. totally on four minutes of video yeah. or less sometimes. Right. Uh, to sit at the computer was excruciating. Uh, for probably a couple months. And so I was kind of, I got out of a rhythm. Um, that was one reason. And, uh, for my channel, I also had to have family buy-in, you know, I've, and there was times I felt like I was neglecting my family while also portraying like a good family vibe too. Right. So it was just, I don't know. Plus I started doing some stand up, and I, did you really? Yeah. Awesome. Um, and so I had a few different avenues, to, like, and I was doing some improv too, and there was just I had too many. I was spinning too many plates. I felt like I couldn't do any one of those three effectively. Trying to do all three of them, if you will. So I kind of let up on the the video, you know, the YouTube stuff, to kind of pursue some other stuff. Anyhow, at the end of the day, I'm a father and a husband, and uh, I have uh, I'm a self-employed you know, farrier and I have to make sure those are going. Those uh, have to be solid. You know, at the end yeah. of the day, I'm a husband first and I'm, then I'm a father and then I also have a, a business to maintain. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I can't, that doesn't sound like a very definitive answer to that question, but, but that's so real. It's, it's hard to, and it's, it's easy to go down these paths of like pursuing something different and, and kind of let the others, yeah, the foundational things get a little, you know, less, less attention. Yeah. And I do regret, uh, at this point I, I regret for a couple of reasons. One, it was fun. And I will, I will attest for sure your point about it being a diary or a collection of your past or your whatever, you know, uh, we'll sometimes still look back on those videos cause they're like, some of them are family video, like family home videos, essentially that are well, yeah. that are, that are produced. Um, I almost said well produced. I will just say they're produced. <laughs> it's okay. You can but, say well produced, <laughs> but they're chronicled. You know, it's not just yeah. haphazard throw in the family video and 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 get it up on the TV, right? Like, uh, it's it's very concise snapshots that uh, you could see the progression of the edit. You could see the progression of your kids. You could see the progression of your ability to address the camera. You could see your you know your progression of your ability to um, uh, articulate a coherent thought. As I pause slowly to say that, and <laughs> so that was a, that is a, a real thing, um, but I also regret. So I don't have that as much now. Like we don't we don't video like we video every something every day. Now we don't video anything. 
I mean, we do a little bit, but they're yeah. just that now it's that haphazard 30 yeah. seconds here, one minute well, it's here. It's funny with the, you know, the invention of the iPhone and all these things that give us this ability to all record that we don't take the time to record lots of stuff, right? right. Like that moment where you can sit down and put together a produce little family film or, I mean, even when I was growing up, we can look back on those home videos mm -hmm. of like, 25 minutes of my mom just letting the camera roll and like getting snapshots of our lives where that right. doesn't really exist now where it's yeah. like there's the cat or oh shit there's like <laughs> I'm, here's me driving in traffic those yeah. are always the best right, right. of somebody like did you see that did yeah. you see this uh, you yeah. see this guy yeah <laughs> the other thing i regret is there were other channels around I me I had other channels around me that were similar in size as far as subscriber base. And uh, once I I you know I'd taken some time off and then I kind of like these are other channels that I had followed and I'd like look and I was like dang like their audience is growing and I I would cuz and these were other channels like I I felt like my content was better like not like trying to toot my own horn but I was like oh, I felt like my content was better and I take some time off. Like a year goes by, and I see those same channels. I still think my content's better, but since they're uploading, they're being consistent. Their audience is growing. They're at a hundred thousand. They're at two hundred thousand. They're at a million. You know, and like I was like, dang, I was following this channel back when it was forty thousand people or forty thousand subscribers, and I was like, ah, you know, I I had some momentum and I didn't capitalize on it. So now I feel like you feel like you missed out. I sort of feel like I missed. Do you feel like you missed out? <laughs> if you didn't hear, if you didn't hear me in the microphone bleed, <laughs> I do sort of feel like I missed a wave. Yeah, but but could you rebrand? I think you could rebrand now. I totally could. Yeah, I totally could. I mean, it's it would be stupid to think or in uh, in naive, I think, to say like you can never. Uh, you missed it. Your time is over. No, because what my stick, my my stuff was um, sharing things in the moment, and it's it was just going to be stuff that was going to relate to whoever decided to watch it in the first yeah. place. Yeah, and so it might not be the same audience anymore. Yeah, but it would. I could still. I still think I could. Yeah, if you I wanted still to still leverage the your in. position. But I one of the biggest educations I got was it is real work. It's real work. Like, it's real work. It's Could you not... do it less frequently? Say that again? Could you do it less frequently? Like you were saying you're almost putting out one every day. No, it wasn't every day. Or, it was or, uh, It was two a week, sometimes three a week, though. I mean, and that's still a lot. That's a lot of work. That's Can a lot of one? editing. You really can't do less. You can't. Not for my genre. What? Not for my genre that I was doing. You can't do less. But I feel like people You got to have content for the people. Like, I feel like taking a week to a month of not putting out content is... is they go somewhere else. suicide, right? Yeah, they go yeah. somewhere else. The attention for, spans are crazy low. In the particular genre... Not this guy. Not this guy. Gabe will be around. Yeah. Wait a month. Well, I'm, okay, for the genre. For the genre that I was in, you had to be at least twice a week... And you would probably benefit from four to seven days a week. Mm. 
of something every day because and and your stuff's not going to get a million on everything even when you have like if you're doing every day in my genre and you have a million follow, uh, subscribers right. you get like a third you're not a getting a million on all of those you're happy to be getting 250 if you have a million subscribers but guess what what's seven times 250 mm-hmm. every week you're having nearly two million views yeah right yeah and that's that's the eyes yeah. and then out of you're gonna have some of those that are gonna have five hundred thousand in that week mm-hmm. on one of those you know what i'm saying yeah and then you're always gonna have like um you might have a christmas video that you put out and that one's gonna be uh, all your subscribers are gonna be like oh well i want to see their christmas one yeah right yeah. and they're you're, you know regularly you get it's gonna be four times what your normal day is mm-hmm. on your christmas video yeah right it's so funny you say this. I was literally just doing this little kind of not an experiment in my but I was just observing this on Instagram. Some of the guys that I follow, uh, you know, the maker network of people that make shit. They blacksmiths. yeah, blacksmiths, you know, woodworkers, all sorts of oddballs. Um you know, they'll have some of them will have fifty K even 100k. Jesse James, let's say, has a couple hundred k. He might be almost even in a million. Mm-hmm. Um but looking at some of their posts, that it really I just dawned on me it, like this is a tenth of what your followers are, right? And you see it, I mean, you see it in scale too because, you know, even on even with somebody who just has a couple hundred followers, well, you don't have a couple hundred people liking your picture. You maybe have 50, 60, 80, right? Yeah. You know, if it's a picture of a cute kid, it, it's over 100 maybe, you know? If it's uh, somebody famous, yeah. right? Big boobs. Right, yeah. big tits. Cleavage. Yeah, provocative, maybe. But yeah, when you get in the prov- provocative category, it gets extreme. There's an extreme swing. You know, it's either nothing or everything. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. So yes, inter- yeah, interesting thoughts. But I think you could rebrand, Dries. You could be like the Yeezy to Adidas right now. You could come back in and be like, hey, this is Dries 2.0. We're keeping it real, but we're also keeping it positive. God bless America, booting your ass. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You know, because I haven't watched any of your videos, and now I'm going to go back and watch, but I have a feeling they're a little like, you know, like, <laughs> little clowny. Yes, I'm a yeah, clown. You're trying to get the laughs, right? Well, sure. You've seen me. <laughs> like Bobo. Yeah, Bobo <laughs> might, be a, might be a bit of a stretch, but... But... That's that's my life. (laughs) Yeah. So just wait, just wait. We're getting around. (laughs) We're making our way around the circle. Trolling in real life, Gabriel Tolchinsky. Dude, hey, I keep I'm keeping it real on and off the street. You know, on the gram and off the gram. That's I think that's better than you know, than the opposing being fake. 
But I think you could deliver. I mean, not that I'm saying you want to. I'm just, I can see that, Drees. I can see that person on YouTube, and I'd watch it. Mm, I don't think you'd watch my stuff. I'm on YouTube a lot these days. All right. I'll send you some stuff, and you'll be like. I'm on YouTube a lot. I wish they would quit fucking with my algorithm so much. Well, quit typing in horse donkey dicks. I just click on whatever that's on there and it looks cool. So. <laughs> turn, turn in the chair. Yeah, we're flipping mics <laughs> Musical here. chairs. Awesome. That was kind of fun, huh? I'm going like to Chef that. Ramsay this like I was like I was on Hot Ones. Like uh did you guys see Chef Ramsay on Hot Ones? He said he was going to sponsor the wings, so I, I'm going to sponsor the show I've with the gear. I've lost all I think. respect for him. For Gordon Ramsay? Yeah. Why'd you lose respect for him? What happened? Yeah, Hot wings? What? What? He's a chef. Mister Hell's Kitchen. Freaking outstanding ethics of craft. What? The man himself. A fucking sellout for hot wings? No, he said he would sponsor the wings. So get them better wings. He tasted the wings and was like, Who's these hot, are shit. Wait, who? Buffalo? What? Who? <laughs> Explain yourself, sir. The YouTube show. The hot ones. Oh. Yeah. I never click on those because they look <laughs> stupid. <laughs> there you go. He would never watch your show. He's a liar. <laughs> Even if there's someone I like in the thumbnail, I'm like, dude, I don't want to fucking watch yeah. you eat some hot ass shit. It's old news now, but if you like Gordon Ramsay, I like Gordon. Ramsay. It's a fun one to watch him eat some hot wings for sure. Okay, I see. It. Okay, it's coming together now. Yeah, yeah. I would, of course, I'd watch an angry freaking British man yell obscenities as yay but my point was that in that episode he says he's going to sponsor the wings because he thinks they taste like shit and since we're spinning since we're spinning microphones here i figured god i would say i'll sponsor the gear for this next show that you guys do so that we're you're not spinning microphones in the future that was the that was i was trying to pull it doesn't really have anything to do with gordon ramsay you hooked me with gordon i'm like what dude that guy's printing money yeah yeah. Just that name. And it gets fact, on anything. Yeah. It's money. In fact, I gain respect for him now. I totally <laughs> I renig my outrage. That happens a lot. <laughs> it happens a lot after I hear the the point through. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Well, and whatever. I did a bad job of getting the point across, but yeah. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <clears throat> I'm just not up to date with pop culture. Um but no, I'm glad I'm glad he's he's given those hot wings an update. Okay. At one point, as we were just talking about your music, I um I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't getting it. Right? But I I'm also as a juvenile it. music. You were more so into like what you were saying, uh the Coheed uh in Cambria. The rush I got, like I could feel it. Like, yeah, no, that's that's a good song. The Coheed took me a minute. It took me a while. It took me like it like black co- like black coffee. Like I didn't like black coffee right off the bat. Do you like it now? Not black it, coffee. It's the, the only thing I will drink. Oh, 
And I and if you dare think to even hover sugar around it, I'll just fucking smack it out of your hand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, well, I would I mean, be very mad if you put sugar in there yeah. without my permission. Anybody who gets me coffee. So, but anyways, as yeah. an example, at the time, I didn't understand it. And then the stuff that you just, uh, the Chaucer sessions, right? Is that the most recent? Oh, yeah. I forgot all about that. So that was just a... I love uh, it. So that that's made, and I'm not saying I did it any justice, but... Uh, the girl I'm dating is very into like more this singer songwriter simplistic yeah. music like lyrics are everything and um, and they are right like you listen to some songs and lyrics just cut you deep or they you know yeah or you just disregard the song completely if lyrics are complete garbage and right um, so anyway that was my attempt to like all right well I'm gonna simplify things like I'm just gonna I'm gonna put my drum set in the living room and I'm gonna put like just two yeah. microphones on it. Yeah. And I'm just going to do one acoustic guitar track and I'm going to yeah. try and make everything very simple. And uh yeah, I hated it, but it was <laughs> <laughs> it was fun to to yeah. try and like you know, you're really influenced by the people you're dating anyway, right? And yeah. you're just like really into all that and it's very fun and it was good and I it was a good <laughs> it was a good experience for me to write some lyrics right. and not write lyrics that I've always been into lyrics that Wait, uh, I gotta pause really you for a second. Sense. So basically, you're saying you were <laughs> changing your artistic uh, approach to get laid? Is that what you, <laughs> no, or make out or something? No, getting laid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, Continue, yeah. man. <laughs> Continue it. Okay. No, but I think it's fun to try something different. I think is the is what I was yeah. really going for. Uh, Do you still hate it? I don't know. I guess uh, I don't really listen much to my own stuff, so I don't I haven't really sat down and just listened to it since I decided I was gonna put it out there. So yeah, yeah. I don't really know how I feel about it. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the songs I wrote, and I felt good enough about them to put them out. So I've, I'm sure they're, you know, I think mentally I haven't changed. I think I'd listen yeah. to them and go, oh, I know what I, you know. Yeah. Because they're different for me. They're not much of, of like a song, but they're more of like I know exactly what I'm talking about because yeah. obviously I wrote the lyrics. So it's easier for me to Is it like look analog? Back. Like I'm trying, to under, I'm trying to see it how you see it, you know? Yeah. Like is it like super linear type music what the chaucer yeah the yeah. stuff that you're t- yeah the stuff that you're talking about the well simpler... i was trying to focus on lyrics i was yeah. trying to make the lyrics more uh i just always been in so like we've been talking about tonight with the the bands that i like if you listen to somebody like yeah. coheed and cambria it's very it's this out there story that they wrote yeah. The lyrics resonate with nobody. Maybe there's yeah. a melody that resonates, but it's you have no idea what this guy's talking about because he's talking about a story that he wrote <laughs> that's got characters yeah. and things. So if you just yeah. dive in on song six of the album, there's no... Yeah. You don't know what's going on. There's sometimes some 
character names or some he's going you know rabbit trails right so totally and i feel like as a kid I, I wrote lyrics like that they were super vague like to me they meant everything but they didn't tell a story yeah. and uh yeah so i tried to write like a story that anybody could get like from yeah. start to finish they could <laughs> yeah. try and figure it out or they could try and like right. relate yeah very so that was straight. that whole point of those right. like four or five tunes whatever it was yeah the uh just to get a story, like if you sat down and listened to it, oh, at the end, oh yeah, I get with this guy. I I feel that. I mean, it maybe, I've, maybe I've been through that, or yeah. yeah, simple motherfuckers like me. Yeah, it worked. You know, we put it on while we're cooking. There you go. You know, it comes up in the playlist. It's like, I like, dang, I like this song. I look up. Oh, this is Lucas's song, and then I get so excited that I didn't know that it was you, and that it was just something that I heard. As we were cooking or as we were doing something, and I just like, it was just, it brought on a pleasant mood or it brought on a thoughtful thought. Yeah. <laughs> you know, do you, do you find that it takes you less time to produce songs like that too? So or more, just as much? Yeah. Um, I've always been, my songwriting process is never the same. Um, but it never takes long. I think if I'm on a if I'm on a roll, I kind of just continue that thought. If I if I can't finish that thought, then it doesn't become anything. Yeah. Most of the time, like if I start writing lyrics and I feel like, oh, I kind of like this thought and I like where I'm going with this idea, I'll probably put uh, music to it right away. Mm-hmm. I won't. I won't let that fade. And so if I write lyrics and then I don't like where the lyrics are going, I don't pick them up later. I don't come back to that thought. Or if I write like a, a jingle on the guitar or something, I don't. If I don't keep going, it doesn't find its way back out. Um, so yeah, I don't know if it's any. It's it's pretty much the same. If I was going to write something that didn't make sense to anybody, or or try and write those songs that actually felt cohesive and had a, a message. Yeah, it's just a, a thought that comes out and it just keeps coming out or it doesn't or it never makes it. Yeah. So, um, sorry not to jump in, but they can't hear you anyways. You're not talking into a mic. <laughs> so, uh, when you, just to talk shop a little bit, I would probably, or just so you could clarify for me some, if you're, when you say you're writing, uh, it could either be, correct me if I'm wrong, but it could either be writing on pen to paper or it could also be writing through your instrument. It, would that be yeah. true as well? Like yeah. you can write write a song, but it doesn't necessarily have any uh, lyrics, but it's you just you wrote a song with the guitar or you wrote a song with the drums uh, and that's uh, the instrument side of writing. Is that right? Yeah. It's just it's inspiration takes over, right? If you're if you've got a groove coming on the drums, you start to feel a certain way, and you incorporate different ideas. And uh, sometimes I'll be writing a lyric that makes sense to a certain kind of acoustic guitar, or like it. It just can come either way. I don't. I'm not very uh, formulaic. Is that a word? <laughs> it yeah. just comes however it does. And I think uh, I think a lot of artists are that way. I think people would like to be have a formula for it right it just doesn't work every time though it's just impossible you do you uh, do you ever write uh, a song playing the guitar or the piano or you know 
from the instrument side of writing, do you ever write a song with your with an instrument without having any lyrics whatsoever? But then later, like oh, I, I like what I wrote here, I'm gonna figure out and see if I can put lyrics to this. Yeah. Okay. It's definitely happened. Yeah, it happened in the. It, it's almost. I don't know. It's it's funny. It's not the same, but it. I guess it it does happen a few different ways every time, hmm. and that's definitely one of the ways. I'll definitely sit down at the piano and be able to map out melodies faster than I can through the guitar. And I will pretty much piece out what I think is a complete song with no lyrical content except maybe a couple of like, mm, like I just hear the melody in my head and then mm. I'll try and write lyrics that make sense to that melody. And then in the case of the the first track on the Chaucer Sessions, which I can't even remember what it's called to be honest, but that was all lyrical first. Like I wrote out everything I wanted lyrically mm-hmm. and then decided I was going to sit down and start figuring out chords that made sense for that. Okay. So it really does bounce around. Sure. And I Do think you have that, a preference then? Uh, man, I almost wish I could go back in time and be like in the garage with the old guys in high school and do it that way. That was like the, I'll sit down at the drum kit. My buddy Rob will be on his guitar and we'll just start jamming. We'll just start messing around and yeah then all of a sudden half hour later like i turn over and i'm just jotting down lyrics because i'm hearing something now that we've mm-hmm. been jamming yeah it is hard to sit i mean there's so many distractions it's it's weird when you're uh now that we're all stuck at home or at least i'm stuck at home um there's just things to do and it's it's hard to get a moment where you're quiet and mm-hmm. and figuring things out yeah right but yeah my preference would be to be behind the drum kit and playing with other musicians yeah. and then see what comes out. Do you have a, uh, a favorite song of your, like a favorite song of your own that you wrote and what is the, uh, the general story behind that song? And maybe you're mm-hmm. having a hard time thinking if whether or not it's a favorite, but is there a song that mean that you've written that means the most to you? Hmm. The most to me. I guess the first thing that comes to mind is I wrote a song on the Chaucer Sessions, which, forgive me, I don't even know the names of my own songs. Uh, because when it's funny when you create a piece of work track like four. that. Track yeah, five. track two. <laughs> uh, but you you tend to kind of oh, it's my friend. That's what it's called, my friend. So I wrote that. It doesn't have a very, um, I think it's a little vague. The story's a little vague, but it wasn't about me. I think I, I put my head in the mindset of um, my girlfriend's grandma had passed away. Mm. And I started kind of just, I kind of just thought I wrote a melody that felt like that somber. Um, it felt sad, but it also felt hopeful. Um like it wasn't a depressing thing, and I thought that it kind of captured that moment. And that song, when I listen to it, I kind of think of her grandma, and that that means something a little more than mm. than the other songs I've written. Um, so that that would probably be it, just because of the I think more of the melody and less of the lyrical content. I think it just kind of captures that that sad, happy, hopeful feeling that. Mm. Um, 
you know, some people just need after hard days. Yeah. So we're, you, Gabe, you mentioned that you were listening to his song the other day, like it came up. Where where can people, where can I find Lucas? So this Lucas's is kind of music? funny. This is, this is kind of funny. If you search Lucas Warren, I don't know if it's funny. That might <laughs> be kind of rude. Um, if you... <laughs> If you search Lucas Warren, Google, you will, you scroll down a little bit, you'll find me. Uh, so Lucas Warren, Spotify, Apple Music, all those, all those things you know and trust. And um, but you'll also find Lucas Warren is the first Gerber baby with Down syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> so you grew out of so that. So that's the first. <laughs> It's not me. I didn't think anybody. Re- <laughs> That's gonna be the title of this podcast. <laughs> I didn't think people grew out of Down syndrome, but you did it today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we have an interview with the Down syndrome actor, model for Gerber baby food. Yeah, Lucas yeah. Warren, everyone. <laughs> It's a real thing. If you Google Lucas Warren, the first Gerber baby with Down syndrome comes up. And then if okay. you scroll down, I'll be there somewhere. Okay, so Gerber. Lucas Warren Music, though? Will that- yeah, so LucasWarrenMusic.com will really get you. If you just did Lucas Warren Music, that would kind of get you get out you, of the, get you the there Gerber baby the thing. Fastest. That'll yeah. get you there fast. <laughs> well, I'm glad you don't have Down syndrome anymore. <laughs> it's a cute baby, though. Is it? If you look it up, yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, in that yeah, case, totally. And it, yeah. and really, in all reality, it's like, how many wins do they have, you know? Like, let them be first on the Lucas Warren list. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's cool. That's fine. So you're on Spotify, though? And Spotify, Apple Music. Apple I think Music. I'm even on, like, Shazam or all those things. Okay. Amazon. Yeah. You just sign up for a thing where you can oh. push it out to whatever. Yeah. It's and on everything. LucasWarrenMusic.com. Yeah. But if you're real, yeah, you've been all night. You've been on all night. Swing down, bro. Yeah. I yeah. Freaking man hands over here just clobbers it over to you. Um, <laughs> but if you're a real, if you're a, uh, an ethical person, you buy music. I just want to make that clear. Do you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Sorry for the pause uh, awkwardly, but Gabriel wouldn't share the mic when I had something to say. Spotify is paid music. You're paying a subscription for Spotify. But are you? (laughs) But are you, though? Is it going straight to the artist? What's the best way to get money straight to the artist? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked that. Maybe Bandcamp or CD Baby, something like that where you can upload your album and people have to pay for it. They have to pay to, well, they can listen, but to actually have it on their device. Yeah. So that's kind of the trick, too, because you can have something like a Bandcamp, which is just another site um, where you can have your music and. People can pay for it, or they could just listen to it. And since everybody has internet on their phone at all times, you could just listen to it. Got it. 
But does Apple pay out? I think you've got to hit a, a serious number of streams to be able to see some sort of payout. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So so no was... so no. Oh, so they've been lying this whole time. I've never seen any money from Apple, but I'm not an artist that gets a lot of streams. So every time I buy some music on Apple, I think, oh, they're going to see this. They're going to see that I bought this. <laughs> and they're going to go, thanks, dude. Oh, you mean in that, not the streaming Apple. Like if you went on iTunes and yeah. bought the whole album. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you get a little cut of that for sure. Okay. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, I'm glad I we thought clarified. for a second, I thought you were saying Apple Music streaming. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad yeah, we yeah, for iTunes. Yeah. If you if I wanted to buy your album, you're gonna yeah. get some of that money, yeah. right? Can you pull back the curtain a little bit? And if your album, if say your album was ten dollars on iTunes, and uh, so I pay iTunes for your album, what would be your cut of that? I'd probably see. Oh man, I haven't had any. I'd have to look. I want to say seven. Eight bucks. Okay. That. Yeah. That's not too shabby. You're gonna see most of it. Yeah. If yeah. You, because if you bought it straight from iTunes or something, you gotta expect to give up some of that. Yeah. You know. All right. I was close. Dang it. You're amazing. <laughs> the microphone flip is real here. Um. Okay. So I should feel good about my purchase. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then I do. Um. I was really just vibing out there for a minute on how. Music is made. You have to be so conscientious. Like Or not. Yeah, or not. Yeah. Or not. Or not. What? I think music's easier when you're not um, overthinking it. It's a lot like any sort of art, okay, I think, no, if you were sorry, painting. Um, or... Like conscientious of yourself, of what oh, you're feeling. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like you did, like yeah. oh, you hear just a little thing or like a, a whatever riff or this or that, right? And it's just like that sparks something. That's there's like a an a, a reaction that happens in your body that whatever says, ah, oh, I kind of like that, or you link things up a word with that, and it's like yeah. I don't have that thing, and maybe if I work that muscle, I could I could get a little piece of it. But that, to me, is so amazing. Well, I think you probably have it in a different way. And it's the ability sure. to just, like, have an idea and follow through with that idea and try not to get in the way yeah. of that thought you had. Yeah. Um, I've brought up Rush a few times tonight. But, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a great little... can't remember the exact quote, but... Um, one of the guys in the band says that they just had that ability to, like, if they started an idea, they just saw it through. Yeah. They didn't care whether it was appealing to somebody or not. They just right. continued the thought. And That's so special. Hopefully it worked out. That's so... And in their case, it did. Well, yeah. Yeah, they're a bunch of wizards. Literally. <laughs> you know? To get real weird about it again, you know, they're holding a bunch of pieces of wood in their hands, freaking working magical energy through it. Magical energy. The Lord's energy, through the of wood. course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Anyways, um, 
Yeah. Should we wrap this up like a present? <laughs> wrap it up like a motel, like a motel condom, like a motel date. Yeah. <laughs> a motel date? Yeah. Hotel. Come on. Yeah. Mo- hotel? Yeah. You spend the extra money. These aren't it's worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> it's worth it. Uh, okay. Yes. Then we will end it. And, uh, well, we should also say you're creating a new album that'll be out. Well, we already did say that, but it'll be out in a few months. Yeah. We're, we're shooting for February. We got some work to do. Yeah. Yeah. As long as COVID allows. Mm Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll have you back on if you will. That'd be amazing. We'll allow it. And we'd, you know what would be nice? And this kind of plays to what we talked about. Is that at when we're ready for that time, maybe we'll have three mics present and they'll all be able to record at the same time. Yep. And, and now this is good. This might be a push. Okay. But we're all, all of us are going to have earphones. Earmuffs. Easy. It's going to happen. Let's do it and next week. <laughs> well, if it happens, that's, Your next me, show. that's great. <laughs> <clears throat> but I'm going to remember that I said that and then when I go back and I listen to Lucas Warren round two my gosh you know Lucas Warren round one was cool and all but two sounds Lucas great Lucas Warren fucking sounds great <laughs> <laughs> anyways um, I gotta yeah. be you got to pee. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, we all got to work in the morning. Lucas, I love you. Dries, I love you too. Mm. And uh, I'll hand the mic off. Lucas, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, man. It was really fun hanging with you guys. Yeah, it was great. It was great to uh, laugh it up and then kind of get a feel for what yeah. you're doing. And <clears throat> Got some uh, tears in our eyes. We'll laugh, yeah. Laugh, laugh tears here. Yeah, it's kind of got your expert perspective on a on a handful of different things. So yeah, so yeah, we're yeah appreciate know. the time. Awesome. Yeah, we we'll look forward to talking with you again with the microphones on.